Welcome to Podcast 1017. This podcast will feature interviews with Drew's professionals who are experts in their fields and who will share their experiences and success stories. We hope the podcast will allow you to not only learn about various industries, but also inspires you to achieve your own version of greatness. Network 1017 knows the importance of a strong network and have made it our mission to provide you opportunities to build professional networks and to cultivate success within our community. Hey everyone, so I just want to give a warm welcome to Nejla Almashtub. She's an engineer uh, manager at Etsy, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about women in leadership and in technology, and I'm super excited because I've known Nejla for like many years, and she's super smart, and I even read in her bio that she actually started programming at 13. So I actually want to start off by just saying, what got you into programming? That's like amazing. Hi. Um, <laughs> it's a funny story, actually. I didn't know actually I never thought I would end up as a programmer mm-hmm. um and when you're 12 or 13 like how do you know like what you want like god knows how we get into the hobbies we get into but uh <laughs> the story is actually I was in high school and it was my first year of high school and I actually had a really bad time like I was um I wasn't socializing well a lot of my friends started going to a different school mm-hmm. they were in this like uh, magnet program related to biology and a lot of them just went there so I felt kind of lonely actually <laughs> so what I did was I read the school handbook and I tried to find loopholes or ways that I could switch schools really yeah <laughs> so, public school and you, you have to go to the school you're districted in but I did find that um, there were these magnet programs that I could apply to and usually they only let people who were um, like pre-high school apply but mm-hmm. I found one program that didn't have that rule explicitly stated. So I still applied to it and then I got in and then later they realized that I wasn't in the eighth grade, that I was already in the ninth grade. Wow. I told them, well, it wasn't in your, uh, you didn't have that written out. So you have to let me in. Mm -hmm. And then they said, okay. And it was a computer science program at this other high school. And I just started the program a year late and I ended up doing the first uh, and second year combined in my sophomore year of high school, and then I graduated from um, this computer science program. Wow, and, and you just, so you just chose something, like just something just to kind of get you out of that high school, you know, world, I guess. Yeah, it's funny, when, like one day my parents were like, why are you taking that different bus to school? And I was like, oh yeah, I just <laughs> I switched high schools, by the way. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, I mean, because some kids, so so what amazes me is that like some kids at that age are very like, oh, let me just, I don't know, play a sport or get into like some type of different hobby, but you chose specifically this. Is it really because you were just really good at, I mean, because we don't learn programming in school. Like, yeah. a, I guess not, right? Because from, from my time, we didn't learn it. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I never took it and I didn't really know, like most people, you don't know what it is until you start doing it. Right. I guess if I had to think even farther back when I was, was I, when I was even younger, I was toying around with all those like 90s style HTML websites, where, you know, where <laughs> you'd make it like with the blinky star background and like a banner across the screen. Oh, and, that's fine. You know, like, tacky websites. And I was really into playing around with those. Mm-hmm. At the time, I, I thought that was like maybe what computer science was, which it wasn't really. But mm-hmm. I guess that's like one of the things that led me to say, okay, like I'm good at math. I'm good with computers. If this kind of aligns with me wanting to get out of here, then, then why not? That's amazing. Wow. Wow. I mean, you picked a good industry to get into because nowadays we need programmers, we need coders, we need all of that, you know, and, and like, even like just 
being in the social media world, Facebook, you know, they're, they're talking about how they need to hire more engineers because they need to make privacy issues better. And like, I'm just assuming what your job has, like, what, I don't even know what your job entails, but I know it's much needed. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about like from, okay. So from the, so we started from age 13, you got into programming, you liked it. How did you continue it after, um, after those years in the beginning years of, you know, uh, sophomore year and freshman year, what did you do to kind of excel in it more? Yeah. So I'd say like, as a, as a teenager, the things I did was just like really immerse myself in all these coding classes. I was so shocked at what they all were. Um, and I, cause I, cause again, like you said, we haven't really been exposed to those things as children. Right. Um, and so I just kept like digging into like, why are things the way they are? And like, like, how do you, you know, okay, let me take this one thing I learned and see how, if I can do something at home and mm-hmm. some side projects. So I kept doing that until I really decided that I wanted to go to, to college to become a programmer because mm. I was, I felt like I was really good at it, but also it just was so, so fun. It's one of those things like the first time you, uh, you like see a Rubik's cube and you <laughs> try to like figure that out and you're like, yeah. realize that there are certain patterns that you can apply and then you can do it faster. And then you start playing around with your friends, like <laughs> having a competition. <laughs> That's what programming kind of was every day. So um, concretely, like I applied to colleges in order to become um, a computer science engineer. That's super cool. And and in this process, I know when you initially got into it, it was mostly to find friends that you liked, I'm assuming, because you hated high school, correct? So, yeah. <laughs> did you find your people? <laughs> I did find my people. Um, my best friend, who I'm still best friends with today, uh, was one of the people that was at that other high school. And yeah, socially, it was a good move for me too. And I think like, being in academic or like in an academic environment, like and around people who like the same things I like, that's always my kind of people. Right, right. That's awesome. And how do you feel? Actually, and now I want to ask you this because how do you feel about now that people are shifting to go to coding boot camps versus coding, like coding in, in university? Do you like that shift? Are you like not for it? Because you went to because you went to Columbia, correct? I think I went to Cornell. Cornell. Oh, Cornell. One of the C's. One of the C's. He's a Columbia professor, but uh, yeah, that is that's right. Really- it's a really interesting topic you bring up and it, it is really timely. Um, so yeah, there's been a big shift I'd say in the last 10 years where a mm-hmm. lot of these boot camps are coming up and for people who don't know, it's essentially like three to six month program where you usually learn what we, uh, what we call full stack engineering, which is mm-hmm. kind of like the, the basics of programming, like, like a website probably like some web interface with like some simple backend. Um, and I, what I had to say about those is I really, really love them. Okay, um, cool. The people that come out of those have a very different experience than someone who comes out of college with a programming degree. Mm-hmm. And that is okay and encouraged because that like kind of diversity of knowledge ends up being really useful to um, the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hire people as uh, part of my job and I have a good mix of the, the kinds of people on my team. Mm-hmm. And the other, the other thing I'll say about people that come out of those boot camps is, uh, and I'm sure we're going to get into this topic later, but well, most people that graduate from college, computer science, are men. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what happens as people start to work and, you know, realize they want to change careers maybe is they look towards tech, and a lot of those people are women. So mm-hmm. women are the people that are entering boot camps um, a lot, at a higher rate than they are entering college as engineers. So it's incredibly important for, like, hiring for diversity to also look to those programs. I, I love that you said that because – you're absolutely right. I didn't even think about that as being a part of like the boot camp program. It is much cheaper, first of all, so more women can afford it, right? And then more women and men doesn't matter. But also, 
I don't know about you, how you feel about this. From what I've found from my experience of dealing with women engineers, I find them to be a little bit more, um, I wouldn't say innovative. I mean, they are innovative, but outgoing enough to be innovative and sell it with the engineering uh, mindset. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it's, it's hard to, you know, we definitely don't want to put any group in any box, but like, but the, the point is that like when you have, it, it's been actually proven that having more diverse teams with different backgrounds, it's not just like a better place to work, but it yields better products. Mm -hmm. so like, you look at Etsy.com, I work at Etsy, and you see like the things that are on the site, like that's a, the culmination of people's ideas coming together mm -hmm. and like brainstorming. And think about having an e-commerce site without having a lot of women who work at the company. Mm -hmm. e-commerce industry that is uh, kind of dominated by female buyers. And mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to build a product for users that you can't empathize with. Right. So, we really look to our engineers as well. Like in, in a lot of tech companies, we use engineers for ideas and mm -hmm. this happens to go hand in hand, which is really cool. I love that you said that um, because that is true statistically why, specifically with the statistics that are out there for women, it's all the S's, right? Um, <laughs> they are, um, they definitely do show those uh, results. And that's what I found in my research when I was looking up things about coding because I wanted to be prepared for this. And I was, because I'm just so interested in it. Owning like a web development company, I don't understand my guys when they speak to me at all. But the beauty of having my dad, who's an engineer, he can speak my language and speak theirs because he understands how I, you know, as a normal, cons like a, an ordinary consumer who just doesn't understand code or anything, he's able to dumb it down for me, right? Yeah. So I like, I like where you said that you guys are able to um, basically understand the, the common buyer out there that's going on e-commerce, which is really cool. That's pretty amazing though. That's exciting. So now, when you're, since you're working, so you work at Etsy, would you say that the engineers at Etsy have to be a little bit more creative and innovative versus an engineer at some, let's say government contracting company? That's more, you know, do you know, do you know what I'm saying? What's the, what's the, what makes you guys so different compared to someone who's working at a more brick and mortar, I would say like, you know, corporate type of, you know, look. It's Very traditional. Yeah. The way, the, the role of a technologist or a, a, like a software engineer really changes from company to company. Um, I'd say out of here uh, at Etsy, it's actually like part of your job that you have to kind of contribute to a lot of the, the brainstorming we do and like product ideation. Um, and at some other, in some other industries, let's say like you're building tech for government work, yes. less creativity just by nature of like who your clients are. Right. <laughs> so, the, the cool thing about working in e-commerce or more consumer facing products is that d the, the way things are designed, it actually involves a lot of psychology. Mm. And um, yeah. Whereas like if you're, if you're building, let's say, let's say your sales force, like, and your customer are other big companies and you're right. building, it's a bit different than, than say like building for the masses and see who's going to like come and use your products. Um, right. so kind of build for the masses generally, like we take that approach where we all hands on deck, with like trying to think of new and creative ways to do things or like even to just come up with customer pain points that we could potentially like uh, have a brainstorming session for. Mm, I love that. And as a leader for your, for your team, um, cause I know you said you're, you're the head, you're the head engineer or manager at Etsy. What, what, what um, skill sets do you, do you, have you found that you had to not only strengthen, but continue to bring to the team in order to make sure that the, as a leadership, especially as a woman going in there, um, that role is, is, uh, as 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Etsy is um, it's about a, a thousand employees, and mm. I manage a couple of yeah a couple of teams here. And to give you an idea, before this, I used to work at a fintech startup, which when I joined was about forty people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so different experience. Very different experiences. Um, and I think the one thing that I've learned coming in here and becoming a manager here that has made me like just a better person and a better critical thinker thinker Mm -hmm. overall is how to really empower the people that I work with Mm -hmm. and trust that they can like solve the problem. So Mm -hmm. part of being a leader anywhere, like regardless of your gender or your background is Mm -hmm. being like a person that your employees trust to uh, get their ideas through to promote them, to give them feedback when they need it, um, to be honest with them all the time, and also to show that you are like an empathetic person. So this like really human element of leadership is something that I've learned a lot from here. Mm-hmm. That I didn't really have experience with before because I was working in kind of a more hardcore <laughs> industry. Right, right. Yeah. I love that what you just said. You said something extremely powerful and I want to repeat it because I hope no one will miss this part, but you said that as a leader, you're trying to figure out ways to empower your team members. And I think that's something that some leaders can miss because when you're a leader, some people think, oh, they have to follow me. They have to follow my rules and the way I think things should work. But to look at them and say, how can I empower them to make, be leaders of their own, you know, own roles that they're given and be able to solve problems, I think is very huge. And I think that's a very powerful skill to have. Um, and it really shows what kind of leader you are too. So that's amazing. Of course, of course. So when you got into the whole programming, and I'm going to backtrack a little bit just because I wanted to kind of understand where your mindset was going into this um, industry. Did you have fears? Were fears there? Were um, were your, was there any challenge, like any hesitations due to maybe, I don't know, skills that you thought you may have lacked or maybe, you know what I'm saying? Like, is there, were there any fears walking to this industry? Yeah. So I actually, it took me a while to get the fears. <laughs> so Ooh. when I started programming, I didn't know anything about, about like who the people around me were. Like, like it took me a while to realize even like as a, after I've been programming maybe for, for three or four years in high school, let's say, it took me a while to realize that I was like one of two girls in the classroom. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about it, which was, which was funny. Uh, and then similarly, uh, in college, I, it took me a while to like kind of realize that I was different than the people around me. And this was good in some ways and bad in others. So like the reason it was good is because I was able to just focus and be carefree and like be excited about the work and ask questions and be unashamed of all that. But the reason it was bad that I didn't notice what was going on is that in retrospect, there were some opportunities that like I didn't really get to have or some some certain types of work that I would be given versus my peers mm. that kind of stunted my growth. Um, and then when I did start to realize that stuff, it, it really got to me and I, I kind of got down for a while about it. Uh, and I kind of just surrendered to it instead of realizing that like I should be fighting for myself and like, mm. like pushing forward, but I just didn't have a good picture of what that was. So definitely uh, I'm actually forgetting your original question, but you're answering it. No, you're answering it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it definitely like, I did get afraid uh, to to be kind of, to try to 
get onto the path of who I've become now. Yeah. I got afraid of that for a while. I feel like I don't have that fear anymore. And I feel really proud of myself. And I feel like I, I, I understand uh, who the people are that will support me mm. and vouch for me. And also that will give me like critical feedback to, to be the best that I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly for a while there, yeah, there was a fear of like, where do I go next? And will I be respected? And am I smart enough? And, and all that good stuff. <laughs> right. Feeling like whether you're good enough for this position or this role, you're going to be you're about to, you want to take on. Yeah. But I, I like that you said surrounding yourself really helped. And, and you also said something that was also very important. It was like, and, and I want to make sure I'm not messing up your words, but oh God, now I forgot it. No, no. You said, you said that, you know, going into it, you were afraid that, you know, if you weren't going to get anything and also that also, but then realizing that you don't have these fears anymore. And I think if you can correct me if I'm wrong, but those fears went away once you started doing it more and understanding the position better where you're more prepared for what's to come. And you, since you do it more often, right, the fear goes away. Yeah. Or, or you realize that the fear is like just a part of the job. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's <too. laughs> like, it's definitely like with experience and just like, you know, coming into my own and like understanding mm-hmm. like, that I'm allowed to have my own leadership style. I'm allowed to have my own like technical points of view about things. And if they're different than other people's, it's okay. And like that, that comes with maturity. It comes with um, time in the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but realizing that like all these ways in which you are different from other people is actually just like part of the job. Like talking about those things is part of building great things. It's part of building good teams. And it's not that something that separates you from other people. Right. I love that. That's really cool, Angie. Nejla. I'm never going to stop calling you Angie. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really cool note. I'm, I'm very, actually very happy to hear that, that where you came, where you started and now becoming this type of woman, because I can just see the growth, you know, throughout the years, just seeing how much more, I wouldn't say more mature. You were always very mature, but just reaching your fullest potential, which is really awesome. My next question for you would be like, would you, do you see yourself growing with Etsy and continuing that position? Maybe I shouldn't ask you that since you're at work, but, but maybe more so what's the, maybe the 10 year, five year plan. Do you see yourself running your own tech, you know, coding company or whatnot, or do you see yourself growing in a, in, in a position? Yeah, this is, this is always the hardest question for me to ask myself. Mm-hmm. I honestly have no idea. I've never been one to make long-term plans around my career. Um, I'm always of the opinion, like, if I'm having fun with what I'm doing, and I know my work, and I'm getting my work, then I'm, I'm really happy. Uh, mm. I really, I really like Etsy. Um, the company is just, um, it's just so, everyone's so nice here, and mm. we have a really cool creative process, and there's just smart people around me, and I'm learning a lot, so that's also really important to me. Mm. As far as, like, what my long-term goals are, I really, I really do want to, like, reach a level of leadership where uh, like either like a director of engineering or vice president of engineering for, you know, some large group of engineers. Um, I definitely have thought about like startups and all that, but it'll really have to depend on where I am with my life. Like, uh, you know, you hear these stories of people starting companies and they work 12 hour days for a year and that's that's a reality. And yeah. And you know, you, you put in your hours too, you know how these things are. So it just depends on like, on like your entire life because career is just one part of it. Mm -hmm. And I could also see myself going completely out of software in like 10 years. So. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I have other passions we need to know about. 
like you know you never know you might see me in 10 years just like living in some uh like tiny town somewhere opening a sandwich shop <laughs> what so so it sounds like to me that you're kind of just enjoying the, the wave like you're, you're really just enjoying where you, whatever life is thrown at you and at the same time you're taking it and you're you're, t- you're taking it by the, the horns and just going with it. Like you're not, it's not, the 10 year may not be right there, but you're just focusing on the next move. Yeah, for sure. Like there are definitely um, smart people in my life who mm-hmm. I trust really well, uh, who I would start companies with if the opportunity came up. Like my, my older brother and I have talked about that a lot because- I can see you guys, yeah. <laughs> he's an idea person and I'm like an executor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good have- team. Yeah, people I've met in the industry who I would definitely work with. So it has to be right time, right people, right idea, and it has right. to be something that I'm passionate about because mm-hmm. luckily, and this is definitely coming from a place of privilege, I I can afford to work on things I'm passionate about now. And it's a right. Be and and I really like working here because I think the product we build is really good and mm-hmm. it provides small businesses with with tools all over the world, and I, I think that's really neat. That's amazing. That's amazing. That means you're really happy where you, where you are and, and you really do see the growth in what you're doing. So that's, that just, that's beautiful. That's hard at your age. It's really hard to, to, to feel that way, by the way, everyone's always trying to figure out what they want. So it's nice that you're playing within your passions. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm unwavering. Like there are days that I'm like, I hate this and I want to quit. And (laughs) like every, everything is like, you know, up and down for everybody. Uh, But on the whole, I feel free. That's amazing. So then let's say there's, there's a, there's a young Drew's kid out there, you know, listen to this podcast and they're like, so they so want to do coding, whether it be a girl or a guy, doesn't matter. What would you say would be right now, since we're in, you know, 2019, what is the, the best next move to do for coding to like get started in coding? Yeah. Um, I'd say wherever you are in your life, see what your resources are. So if you're in college, it's a no brainer you're going to have classes around you. If you're in high school, um, see if you can find some like online resources for beginner, uh, beginners at programming, or even like ask your parents if you can sign up for a class outside of school. Um, or high school might even have classes now. I don't know. Right. <laughs> they might. I think they do. <laughs> yeah. And I think another thing uh, for everybody to keep in mind is like these boot camps are available to everybody. They are... Um, usually uh sometimes even one to six months so it depends uh and it's basically like a course that can get you set up for a job mm-hmm. that's amazing okay well if anyone's listening to this you know what to do now you can't no no, no excuses right <laughs> so then i guess my last question is since you're at work and i want to make sure that you get back on time um what's maybe one truth you found in your journey that you would like to share with other people um and just that you've learned to be true for you yeah, you prepped me for this question, and it actually took me a really long time to think of an answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that I landed on that really, really helped me. Like, the crux of everything I did was I never thought success was ever going to be given to me. Mm. So I always worked under the assumption that I would have nothing if I didn't work for it. Um, mm. I think, like, that definitely comes from a place of um, not only being, like, a woman in tech, but, you know, this is a this is a Drew's podcast. Being a Drew's woman, mm-hmm. people expect very little of you. Sometimes mm-hmm. maybe supporting you differently than they would your male peers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really realized that like I had to find my own support system, 
or be that support system for myself and work every day on the problems that I was trying to address, usually related to my schoolwork, yeah. you know, when I was younger. Right. Uh, and navigating that and, and trying as hard as I could to, like, demand excellence of myself. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, like, when I think back to, like, how I got into Cornell, which was, like, the biggest accomplishment of my life at the time, right? Like, Amazing. Yeah. yeah um, and I barely got into George Mason. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> and again, like, school doesn't really matter, but like at the time, right. I, was, I was like, I was like, I will, I will leave this state. Like, I will, I will mm. like go somewhere where it is undeniably going to help me get to a good place in my in my future. Right. And I knew for me at the time, it was uh, I had to like get out of state, go to like a good computer science program, and that rigor and that like that uh and like just knowing that if i if i didn't put that rigor in i would actually fail mm-hmm. uh, it helped me a lot and then and even after i got my degree um like i think a lot of people graduate from a name brand school and they think that okay success is going to be handed mm-hmm. to me like i have that now uh, that again was not an assumption i operated under at all i probably mm-hmm. spent like two hours a day for months just applying to jobs searching like doing all that so i knew that i had to keep moving I love that. I love that a lot because I think people think success is like some magic formula that, you know, only special people have to figure out. And I'm just, and it's, it's funny that you, what you said, because it's so true. It's, it's the hard work. It's understanding what you want, understanding what you deserve and in your, in your worth and your value, and then going after that specific thing and not letting anybody distract you, but putting the work, right. Not expecting it's going to come to you because, you're trying to manifest it or you, you know what I mean? Or like whatever the case may be, you're just waiting for the universe to give it to you. Right. And, and I think what's sad, but true is that even if you try your best, you may not get what you want. Yeah. And that's related to that. Like we have to be ready for those moments because if we're not, it can destroy us. Um, mm-hmm. But if we prepare ourselves and we tell ourselves that we're going to keep putting in our, our effort, putting in the hours and like keep being critical thinkers and mm-hmm. not letting everything like, kind of just slide off our plates. Um, we can get to the place where we want to go. Yeah. And sometimes what you want may not be what you need. Right. So always seeing the positive and everything. Right. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you so much. Seriously. Like seriously, this was really cool. I, I loved everything you said. And I think any woman or man that listens to this, they'll truly see how authentic you are and how much hard work you put in to be where you're at now. And that's, that's the most important thing. I think people um, probably value about you because it just shows your hard work. Thank you. I really enjoyed the questions. This is such a cool podcast. I want to say more from this group. It's super cool. Thank you. Thank you. And one last question. Where can we find you? Um, if anybody wants to reach out with, reach out to you for questions, I'll put it afterwards too. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, but really the best, best way to reach me is through plain old email. So my email is. All right. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> then i will i will send out i will make sure to put your email there and everything and have people find you so all right right. thank you najla you can go back to work now (laughs) we'll see you